Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Disciple Types podcast. My name is Dave, and this is my brother, Andrew. Hey, everybody. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about Thomas. Now, we know most listeners know Thomas as the doubter or as doubting Thomas, but we hope the Disciple Types can give a more nuanced look at Thomas's personality. Andrew, you don't call Thomas the doubter, is that right? That's right. I think that Thomas has kind of gotten a bad rap over the last couple of millennia uh, for for a mistake that he made that many people would probably make in his shoes. So when when he was faced with a claim that was unbelievable, not surprisingly, he didn't believe it. Yeah, and that's been <laughs> dogging him for thousands of years. Uh, right. So I, I think that's kind of unfair. And, you know, it's funny because uh, when we use words to describe something really great, like unbelievable, incredible, fantastic, those words literally mean that they're hard to believe or that they're somehow disconnected from reality, like fantastic is fantastical, like a fantasy. Right. Uh, so the good news, the gospel, is by its very nature hard to believe. It's hard to comprehend. And some people, like Thomas or like Philip— and I, as we talked in the last episode, I'm a Philip. Right. They have a hard time believing because that's just the way that they're wired. So while Thomas, while his incredulity is certainly a big part of his personality, I don't think it's the defining feature. So if not the doubter, what what nickname is more appropriate for Thomas? What What nickname should we give him? Well, I call Thomas the trailblazer. And that's partially because I just really love alliteration, uh, but also because Thomas was the guy who he was never afraid to go. He was never afraid to venture out, even at his own peril. What are some examples of Thomas venturing out? Well, the best example is probably uh, when Lazarus dies in John chapter 11, and Jesus is determined to return to Judea to see Lazarus before he dies, but his disciples don't want him to go. And they say, but Rabbi, a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you're going back. And then a few verses later, it's Thomas who speaks up. He says, then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. So my question is, why isn't Thomas remembered for that bravery? It took courage to stand up to the rest of the disciples, and, and he was willing to walk into the line of fire with Jesus. That's a pretty big statement, and he was the the only one to speak up that we know about. Mm -hmm. And it's not because he had this great faith. He just fully expected to have his life threatened there, and he doesn't expect a miracle that it's going to get him out of trouble, but he's still willing to go anyway. That's really a fascinating insight. So what would you say Thomas's primary aspect is, if we're taking it back to our types, the primary aspect that's driving his bravery? Well, it's definitely experience. And that's really – it's really a telltale sign of experience because people who are driven by that desire for experience, they just jump into things. And pretty much without fear, they don't think about the consequences because they're just living in the moment. So they expect to be able to adapt. And if they can't adapt, the experience itself is really what they're looking for. And not everybody who's driven by experience is just excited to jump into their death. But for sure, they don't want to back down from a challenge. So, so people like this, it's like a daredevil demeanor. They have this entrepreneurial spirit where they want to, you know, strike out on their own. They want to live life to the fullest, basically. Yeah, they want to climb Everest. Exactly. A lot of athletes, surfers, anyone who's looking for the next thrill. Mm -hmm. They experience the world through their senses, 
rather than their imagination or fears or of what could happen. Right. It's it's totally in the moment. So, and you know, to some people that seems impulsive, and that was certainly the case many times for Peter, who was also someone who was driven by experience. So you mentioned Peter as a man of experience, and we talked about that in Peter's podcast. And he also had great faith. So how does that square with Thomas? Well, that's a good question. And the difference between Peter and Thomas really comes down to their secondary aspects. Um, And so Peter backed up his experience with revelation, while Thomas backs up his experience with reason. So that's the real key difference in their personalities. And we can see what a difference that actually makes. So Thomas is extremely pragmatic. When reason is acting in service of experience, it's always about finding the most rational, sensible route to having that next experience and and making sense of it. It's not just where your emotions sort of uh, drive you towards. It's it's really taking, as I mentioned before, like a calculated risk to say, what's the most difficult thing that I can do and how, how can I go about sensibly achieving it but still getting that thrill out of it? Right. Right, but it makes him uh, critical of certain aspects of what he experiences with his senses. That's right. He thinks about it logically. Right. So where in, in the Bible do we see this in Thomas's personality? Well, we see it pretty clearly in his one and only line during the Last Supper. And Jesus gives this great metaphor for heaven. Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Then the next line is, Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Bam, Thomas in the middle of that, you know, awesome metaphor that Jesus is giving, Thomas shows how literal and concretely he is taking everything Jesus is saying. So in Thomas's mind, Jesus is actually talking about a real big house, and he's literally asking for directions to this awesome mansion that Jesus is talking about. And so it's kind of embarrassing, and yet how often do we in our own lives take things literally instead of looking for the deeper meaning? And how often do we focus on our immediate reality instead of our eternal reality. So I guess then that's going to feed into Thomas's doubt uh, later on, right? Exactly. Thomas is a realistic dude. He's nobody's fool, and he's extremely literal. Mm -hmm. So if a guy is dead, that means he's dead. Right, right. Because that's what reason and experience tells him. Yes. But the catch there is that Thomas also says, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And so he's really talking about his senses there. He's saying, I see with my own two eyes the nail marks, and I put my fingers where the nails were and put my hands into his side. So he's, he's all about saying, it's all about my senses. But he doesn't say that he would never believe, and that's key. He actually puts conditions of evidence on it, and those that evidence is based on his personal sensory experience. And when Jesus gave him that evidence, that's how Jesus responds. He doesn't say, oh, don't put me to the test. I'm not going to give you that evidence because you don't deserve it. He actually gives him the evidence that he was seeking. And that's the testimony of his own two eyes and own two hands. 
exactly what someone who's driven by experience is craving. And Thomas didn't hesitate to change his mind. Once he saw it, it became real. And he didn't then say, and this this really shows how his experience takes precedence over his reason, because he didn't then say, well, I saw it, but it still doesn't make sense to me. And and then try to figure out all these other explanations like I might do uh, for why what I'm seeing could make sense. It's basically, boom, I saw it. And I believe, and then he calls Jesus my Lord and my God. It's it, it's an instantaneous change. So for Thomas, seeing was literally believing, and that's totally understandable for someone like Thomas, because seeing is everything, because that's the way he experiences the world. So for you, Thomas isn't defined by 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 his doubt at all, but really by his desire for experience and to experience things. That's exactly right. His desire is to go out and see the world, and so that that's why. I, I think of him as a trailblazer, and he was willing to go places that other people are, are not willing to go. It's not just that he wanted to risk death in Judea or that he was ready to go pack his bags for a road trip to the big house. He's actually the disciple who took the gospel to the furthest reaches of the globe at that time. He took it all the way to India, where he was ultimately martyred. He did go to his death. But before his courageous death, he established the Christian church in India that still exists today. People in India still identify themselves with Thomas. And so Thomas is the patron saint of India because he was able to use his experiences that were firsthand, but to translate them using his reason and communicate something that was unbelievable, right. literally incredible, the gospel to foreign people who really had no basis in Jewish tradition to be able to believe that because he couldn't say, oh, well, you've always been expecting the Messiah. And then like Matthew would do and say, because you've been expecting it, and he fulfills this prophecy, this prophecy, this prophecy. That's why you believe the people in India had no basis for that. Thomas would have to speak to them convincingly from his firsthand experience, but also use reason to give this universal truth to explain why this all could be true and why they would want to believe it. So he was able to explain it to them in a way that they could understand without having to read all of the Hebrew scriptures. And so the result of that is that the Indian Christian church venerates him for that. And the doubter became the trailblazer who brought Christianity to an entire nation. Wow, that's, that's amazing. I really appreciate it put in those terms. So Drew, you think that's a good place to wrap up our discussion of Thomas? I think so. I, I just want to add something, which is if you're a Thomas who's listening, someone who identifies with Thomas, you're probably a pretty skeptical person. I, I wonder if you're even listening at all. But thank you for listening. And also, I want to encourage you that you are vital, even though you may not always feel vital to the mission of the church. Maybe you do, but but I think a lot of people like Thomas might feel out of step with a lot of the Christian culture or you know the the, the patterns of, of church where it's a lot of emotion and a lot of you know expressions of easy faith, not easy, but you know, uh, clear expressions of faith. And yeah, I think that it's very important that Thomases be a part of the church body. And I think they're probably one of the types that have difficulty feeling like they fit in. So I want to encourage you that you're important to the church. And also, if you're not a Thomas who's listening, and you can kind of think of these people who, you know, maybe they're a teenager uh, in the youth group, and you, maybe you're an adult leader or something like that. And there's this kid who's just always 
being antagonistic. His parents make him be there. I'm just thinking back to, to high school. And he's just like kind of always on the sidelines and poking holes in, in things you're trying to, to say. If he's a believer and he's just having trouble believing, that's very important. And don't shut that down and, you know, engage with someone like that. Thomas's are important. And I love Thomas's. And uh, yeah, I think that's that's all we have for today's episode. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you will subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. Until next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.